This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto, where we bring you dating advice that you need to know for healthier relationships. I'm your host, Laura Bellata, founder of singleinthecity.ca. Today, we're going to be diving into some health and lifestyle chats with my guest, Dr. Ben Galliard, functional medical practitioner and founder and CEO of F8 Well Centers and the Galliard Method. I'm saying that right, right? Galliard? Yes. Yes, okay, that's right. <laughs> Tonight, we'll be exploring the importance of a healthy gut for overall well-being. Our gut is often referred to as our second brain and plays a crucial role in various aspects of our physical and mental health. We'll offer tips on things that you can do to improve your gut and how you can support your partner through lifestyle changes. Because if uh, you're looking to improve your gut health, drastic changes may need to be made. <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Gayliard. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. And I just want to give everyone listening as much information as we possibly can to just start down that path of getting your life back, getting your health back. And so you can be the best you you can be. You can be that best you for, for your family, for your kids, for your, your new, new relationships, everything you have out there. I just want to help you guys get that best life possible. I love it. Now I'd love to ask you, um, you know, about the difference before we get into gut health, right? I want to ask you about the difference between functional medicine and conventional medicine, because you are a functional medicine doctor. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, de definitely. And so uh, it really comes down to this in the traditional medical model. So you go to your primary care physician or your endocrinologist or whoever it is, and they look at the symptoms and, and are saying, okay, how can we treat those symptoms? How can we treat your low energy? Or, you know, if, if you have a low iron state, we go, okay, you need an infusion. You need to take an iron pill. And that's it. And they go, okay, well, maybe if you're bleeding out of your intestines, we'll do a surgery on that. But there's no, no in-depth evaluation beyond that versus in the functional medicine world. Okay, so now you have low iron. Well, great. Maybe you need some iron. We'll give you this pill or whatever we need. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Now let's go deep. Let's go into your gut. You know, we're going to be talking a lot about gut today. And your gut is not absorbing like it's supposed to. You might have leaky gut. You might actually be losing some blood in your digestive tract that you don't even know about. There's so many different things that are happening with malabsorption, intestinal permeability, all these things. And that's what's got to be fixed in order to actually fix this low iron. But what is actually causing that leaky gut then or that intestinal permeability? And maybe mm -hmm. it's that chronic stress. Maybe it's that infection. And so it's just you just go deeper and deeper and deeper and keep getting to that root cause so that you don't have to just keep taking this this pill or do a surgery or just try to cover it up. Now, I know that it's not always safe to use alternative methods or functional uh, medicine to treat things like aggressive cancer. Well, I don't think so anyways, but... <laughs> Yeah. Is there ever a time when someone should consider functional medicine over conventional medicine? Yeah. So my goal and my mission is to bring 
functional medicine to the forefront of healthcare. Meaning, sure, if you have cancer and, and you've got this huge tumor and growth, okay, you got to do what you got to do for that. But so many, the vast majority, over 90% of the people that are dealing with chronic health conditions, meaning you're tired, your digestion's not right, your blood sugar's off, all these things can be fixed if you start with the basics, if you work on your diet, if you work on your inflammatory processes, if you uh, take more of the good stuff and less of the bad stuff, into your body, whether that's nutritionals or food or stress or whatever it is, we can, we can help the body overcome so many things instead of just jumping straight to, oh my gosh, you need this medication, you need this surgery, and yes. you're spending you know tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. We would save the healthcare model billions and billions of dollars a year if we could truly get to the underlying root causes, start there, fix these things. And then sure, there's going to be a few things that we're going to have to refer out or co-manage. Even cancer, we don't treat cancer, but cancer is a metabolic disease that is going to be driven by blood sugar imbalances and cancer feeds on sugar. So should somebody be stabilizing their blood sugar? Should they be working on detoxification? A lot of people actually die from chemo from, from the side effects of that more than they do from the cancer. And so should we be helping the body be as strong as feasibly possible going through this process? Absolutely. I love all of it. I love you already. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our gut is often referred to as our second brain, and yep. it does play a crucial role in various aspects of our physical and mental health. So this is where we're going to start talking about gut health. So what is gut health and why is it so important for our overall well-being? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into what optimal digestion would actually look like. And if this is not you, then there's something going on and okay. you need to figure out figure out what is going on. So you you should get hungry and then and then you should and then okay, you should I'm good. Should eat. Okay. okay. And then you shouldn't think about it again until you have to go to the bathroom and you should have an urge to have a bowel movement and you should go and it should look like a peeled banana, kind of that same consistency, maybe that same size. And that should happen one to three times per day. And there should not well, be. Are you wait? Are you saying we before we go to every time we go to the bathroom, before we go to the bathroom, we should we should. Or, or before we eat, sorry, we should feel like we have to go to the bathroom. So uh, for a lot of people, it's actually post meal and uh, it's after the meal that there should be an urge to go to the bathroom. So you're saying that right after a meal, you should have an, the urge to go to the bathroom. But, but then you're saying that like you should be going to the bathroom at least once a day. What if I eat three times a day and I only have the urge to go to the bathroom when I wake up in the morning? <laughs> Yes. And, and that's going to be okay. It, again, it's one to three times a day. If you're going five, six, seven, eight, ten, 10, we've had patients 20, 30 times a day. Nice. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, that is not okay. Um, okay. One to three times per day is going to be where that optimal range is. If you are not going every day, that is definitely a problem. And, and there are issues going on in that digestive tract. So there should be no in digestion, gas, bloating, 
you know, look like you're pregnant when you're not, uh, any of the, the burning going up into your esophagus, any of the flatulence where it's foul smelling, um, your bowels should not be loose. You should be going at least daily. If you're constipated, that's not normal. If you're bouncing constipation, diarrhea, that's not normal. So optimal digestion, you eat your food, when you're hungry, you don't think about it again until you need to go to the bathroom and then you go to the bathroom and then you eat when you need to go. And, and that's it. And you don't think about digestion unless you need to go to the bathroom or you're eating. And that's it. Uh, if you are having symptoms, if you're having issues, if your bowels are not going, there is something wrong inside your digestive tract. So that's, that's optimal. So we're starting there. And then this is what I love about, about the body is if you know what optimal is supposed to look like, it's easy to detect non-optimal. And, and, and Laura, I'm sure you've had some issues over your life where you were non-optimal in that digestive tract, right? Yeah, I, I'm not even 100% sure that I'm I'm completely optimal now. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes. Because, well, and, and I've so, always had digestive issues, and we can yeah. we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But yes, yeah. and, and that's yeah, why I absolutely. wanted you on here. I want you to help me. I want yeah. I want you to yeah. cure me, doctor. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so so then, what does the gut have to do with the rest of the body? There, there's a gut brain connection that you were talking about. And this is something we see all the time. We know that there are more serotonin receptors in the gut than there are in the brain. Serotonin is that feel good uh, neurotransmitter. That's going to be the one that's affected by Lexapro and Prozac and a bunch of these SSRIs. So we know that there's a huge amount of our moods in our gut that get affected when you go on antibiotics, when you have pathogens in your gut, yeast or candida or bad bacteria, things like that. We also know that your gut and your microbiome specifically is very much connected to your weight and actually holding on to excess body fat. Uh, what One really interesting, and there's actually been multiple studies on it, but one interesting thing that we've seen is there's something called a fecal transplant. Have you ever heard of that? No. Okay. So you, you can, today. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can YouTube that actually you may not want to, you never know what you're going to find, but oh, a, fe oh no. a, a fecal transplant is where they take fecal matter from a healthy person and put it into a sick person, especially with what's called C diff, which is an antibiotic resistant bacteria that people get from being in the hospital. And, you know, it can kill a lot of people because there's no antibiotic that'll fix it. But if you take healthy fecal matter, basically microbiome, put it into the sick person, that person will get better. Um, and, and it's standard of care. This isn't just some weird thing they do, uh, in, in Europe or anything. It's, it's actually done consistently. And what they've done is they've actually taken it, taken that, uh, transplant and gone from one person to the other and from the other person to the other person. So they actually flip flop. And what they've seen is that not only does their microbiome flip flop, but so does their belt size. And their waist and their excess body fat or or actually losing body fat changes based on their microbiome. So it is crucial. We've got uh, moods are affected by our gut. We've got immune system affected by our gut. If you have chronic gut issues, if your microbiome, which is that good bacteria and bad bacteria balance, if that's off, you will continually be getting sick, have immune dysfunction, so many yes. different systems. We look at eczema, cirrhosis 
psoriasis, acne, if you have a skin issue, 99% of the time, there is a gut involvement, something we call leaky gut, intestinal permeability. So if you, yes, you can put on creams and lubes and lotions and um, go to the dermatologist and get all these, all these uh, anti everything. And yet, if you're not working on your gut, your skin will never look that optimal. If you're 40, 50, 60, you know, we all need as much help as we can in our in our skin. Um, and then, and then you get into autoimmune. So many people are dealing with autoimmune disease, but number one, most common autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's that's autoimmune thyroid. Absolutely. A hundred percent. There is a gut involvement. If you have Hashimoto's lupus, RA, uh, we look at celiac disease. You can't just stop eating gluten and you're fixed. No, you've got an autoimmune disease and you've got to fix that in addition to going off gluten. So, so many different things. We need to address the gut first. Oh my goodness. Now, just quickly before we go to break, like what is leaky gut? I know that this term is widely used in alternative medicine, but not recognized in conventional medicine. I've asked my yeah, doctor about leaky gut and they don't know what it is. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, it is actually recognized. If you go into PubMed, if you go into any of the research and look up leaky gut, intestinal permeability, there's hundreds, if not thousands of studies. But basically, the small intestine lining is irritated. It's allowing things into the bloodstream too early that should not be in the bloodstream and creates this immune inflammatory cascade that's going to drive a high percentage of chronic diseases in this world. Even more reason why we have to heal our guts. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to chat about how partners can support each other while working on their health. Stick around. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. We are back on the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellata, back with my special guest, Dr. Ben Gailiart, chatting about supporting your partner through lifestyle updates like curing your gut. <laughs> so we talked about gut issues, leaky gut, and so forth. And let's just say, okay, I'm ready. I want to make changes. How can partners support each other in making lifestyle changes to improve gut health? You have one partner wanting to eat whatever they want. They don't quite understand it. I mean, there's a lot that's involved here. And, you know, I've had to go through this several times. I may be going through it in the next couple of weeks here. So what are some small achievable steps that couples can take to improve their gut health together? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important that for a lot of our patients, if we know that the spouse is going to be putting them down, if they're not going to be supportive, if they're going to be eating pizza right in front of them, whatever, we may encourage that that person that it, it might not be the right time to take action. It can be that important to have the, the support. We've seen it so many times that if, if a spouse or significant other is not 
a hundred percent supportive and committed and they're even sabotaging uh, that it's not going to work. And so it's really, really crucial. And we have a lot of patients and here's the nice part about it is we have a lot of patients that they'll end up doing it together. And so, okay, we're working on the wife and she's got Hashimoto's and she's got lupus and she's got a gut issue and whatever else is going on. And then the husband, he's like, you know what, honey, I love you. I'm going to support this. And, and he goes along for the ride and he's eating what she she's eating and doing all these things. And he ends up losing 30 pounds just, just from going along through the process um, or his cholesterol comes down or, or all these other things. So uh, not only is it going to be supporting and, and, and be helpful for for the person going through the program whoever's going along with it they're going to end up getting healthier as well yeah i say send them to the basement when it's time to eat or lock them in the closet <laughs> you know no i'm <laughs> just kidding i also say try to set common goals as a as a team uh, yeah. so for example you can plan to cook healthy meals at home together I love food prepping with my guy all the time. Like on Sundays, usually he does the prepping. I do the cooking, uh, prep some fresh fruits and vegetables so that they're readily available to snack on. Try incorporating more fiber rich foods in your diet or, you know, establish a routine for regular exercise, something that you guys can do together. And when you have these shared goals, you create this sense of accountability and motivation for the two of you to work towards whatever it is that you're working towards. And then I also say too, and you may agree with me on this is like, create the support environment. So for example, stock your fridge up with healthy stuff, you know, and then try to limit your processed foods and that all that sugary stuff, and then come up with alternatives. I love making these. This is just one thing I make these healthy oat muffins, you know, but there are tons of other healthy recipes out there that you just have to look for them. They're all over the internet. Yeah, a- absolutely. And we talk about this every day with our patients is if it's in the house, it is really hard. If you're hungry, if you're craving, if you're sad, if you're happy, whatever it is, food has been used as such a crutch for so many people. You know, we, we eat, we eat and celebrate when, when something good happens, when something bad happens, we eat and, and kind of nurture ourselves that way. Uh, we, we eat when we're tired and we try to get a boost and you get, need a little sugar, sugar jolt. You have a coffee, you have a sugary drink to get your mind going, to try to get a little bump. There's so many things that we've become accustomed to as a society of wrong behaviors around food. And so the more we can say, you know what, Here, here's the game plan. And we're not even going to buy those old cookies like we used to. Or we're not going to have have that bread in the fridge like like uh, you know, we, we like to munch on before when we're having our glass of wine while we're cooking, whatever it is, you know, getting those things out of the house. Because for most people, unless they're really addicted, uh, they're not going to be like, okay, it's nine o'clock at night, I'm going to drive over to the grocery store and buy some chocolate. You know, it, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, have a little, little uh, piece of apple or whatever, instead of that, if it's in the house. So being prepared, planning and doing your, your weekly menu. Uh, that's a huge, huge part of the process is to have that in place so that you can be prepared. Because if you're not prepared, like on the weekend, I make the same lunch that I do during the week. And my wife says, where are you going? I go, I don't know, but I want to be prepared. I don't want to be running around (laughs) doing errands and then be hungry and either crash, but my blood sugar crashes, or I'm going to grab something and on the run and it's not very good to eat. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. And I guess I should throw out the 24 Easter cream eggs I bought for a quarter the other day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just had to buy them. They were only 25 cents. And then I thought, maybe I'll freeze them. I'm good with not eating junk. It's my partner that always has these cravings. But yep. <laughs> but if I yep. put them in the freezer, he won't know that they're there. Okay. <laughs> How there can you, you encourage your partner to make healthy choices without coming across as controlling or judgmental? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think especially, you know, if you're if you're getting, uh, you know, in that second half of life, 40s, 50s, 60s, and just being like, hey, hey, honey, I, I want to experience my best life with you mm-hmm. that we possibly can. I know your knees hurt. I know that you get tired at five o'clock or I know that, you know, you, you just don't feel your best you can. And, and I want to experience my life with you at optimal and what we're doing right now is not working what what we're what we're experimenting with how we're just and and a lot of people it's just they just go through and don't even think about it don't think about their food don't think about their their exercise whatever and they just get through the day and it's like no honey i want to be more intentional i want to you put my focus on our health because i know that without health We've got nothing. You know, Steve Jobs, how much money did he have? You know, uh, endless amount. And yet he could not overcome his health issues. You know, we look at we look at all these people, whether it's a mental health issue or a physical or an autoimmune and the immune systems going haywire. It doesn't matter if you are dealing with those things. I guarantee you, you're not be showing up for your family. If you've got kids, if you've got a spouse, if you've got a job, you're not showing up for your family. And so, and, Hey honey, I, I'm here. I, I know that I need this. I need to make changes and I would love for your support. And I would love uh, if I could support you as well so that every day we can live at optimal. We can go on those hikes. Like we like to, we can go visit Europe. Like we want to, whatever it is. And, and not just let these years slip by. And then all of a sudden we go, well, we made it through. And that's the last thing I want to ever say. Yes. So using I statements and basically is what you're saying. So I feel concerned about our health and would like to work on improving our gut health together rather than your eating habits suck and you need to yeah. change your diet. <laughs> you, you, you got <laughs> which, a big, you got a big belly. Which is what, probably what, easier, right? It's probably, like, I know people get frustrated and they try to make changes and that's an it, what eventually comes out of you know most people's mouths but it shouldn't right you're imagine you're eating habits suck and you need to change your diet i'd be like my changing nothing <laughs> first one sounds gonna... yeah maybe like using i statements sounds less judgmental and you may get a better response that way and also one more thing doctor is also be a role model and yep. lead by example and practice healthy behaviors yourself because when they see you making those healthy choices, they may be more motivated to follow suit. Like, Absolutely. And we, I, we I, see that. She's losing yeah. weight. She's looking better. She's perkier, happier. I, I think I want to be in line with, with what she's doing. Or yeah. And, yeah. And Laura, we, we see that with kids as well. And and if you've got uh, young kids, teenage kids, whatever, it is going to be so much better if you can demonstrate, hey, 
this is what healthy eating looks like. And this is what healthy eating is like in our, in our household. And even if you have teenagers and they can drive, they can go out and get what they want. But if, if they see, Hey, this, these are our good quality meats and our vegetables and good fats and fruits and, you know, real food that is going to be planting a seed for them. And hopefully they don't have to deal with the health issues that you're dealing with if you have some, because they're going to actually do things the right way from the start and not have to learn it at 30 or 40 or 50. Yeah. Now, okay. So some couples may say, well, I guess that that's it. Like we, we can't go out, we can't eat anything because when we go out, we just eat junk food. But I don't believe that. I think you can find healthy alternatives when you go out for dinner. So how can couples navigate social situations such as dining out or attending events yep. while sticking to a gut healthy diet? Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, my wife and I have a, a little favorite restaurant that we go to and uh, you know, we'll do that a few times a month. And she'll get her burger without a bun and mm-hmm. her lettuce wrap. They're making them now with, with lettuce, lettuce burger. Yeah, yeah. And you can I get heard they're very wrap. good. Yeah, and they, they taste good. And she'll splurge a little bit, get some sweet potato fries. Uh, you know, we know that for her, one of the big things that we look at in my practice with patients is blood sugar. And so we know for her, the sweet potato fries do better for her than regular French fries. And they're they're uh, less inflammatory and some different things. And so, you know, that'll be our little splurge for the week. But we know it doesn't spike her blood sugar and doesn't cause any problems. For me, I'll do... Uh, I'll do, okay, there's, there's a salad with some mahi. There's some, um, there's some vegetables. There's a salmon dish with, uh, with vegetables in it. And so there, there's things. Yes. And then people sitting next to us, they're eating this big old pizza or, or they're having these wings or these other, other things that, you know, but, we could, but, but you just you ever make- eat unhealthy ever. Um, sure. You know, that, that, that will happen on, on occasion, but it's kind of like, it's almost like alcohol where I've gotten to the point where I don't, I rarely drink alcohol and it's not like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm an alcoholic or I can't do it. But I just, I just know that there's no nutritional value for me having a drink and I'm not going to drink until I get drunk or, you know, then I'm like, Ooh, having such a great time. So it's like, well, why would I do that one or two drinks? And then the next day I feel a little puffy and I'm inflamed and it's just not worth it at this point. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I encourage all of our patients to get to is get to a point where you're feeling great. And then you're going to be able to tell, okay, what should, should you be doing and not doing? And if you bring well, in. Yeah. It, it, I did that. I did that and we'll talk about it in the next segment, but I, you know, I, I followed the food combining diet until I felt great, but now I feel crappy again. So let's get you back on the diet. We're going to stop now for a quick break. We come back. We're going to share some tips for healing a leaky gut. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Sunday night, you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca, joined by Dr. Ben Galliard. Now we're going to get into some tips for gut health. 
and how to heal your leaky gut if you have one. Now, how can diet and lifestyle changes help heal a leaky gut? Because I, okay, I've been told that I have GERD's disease, uh, GERD's disease, sorry, which causes chronic heartburn. Yes. Now, I, I had heartburn as young as 21, I believe. And for me, it was chronic. I was able to heal my gut, though, with a food combining diet that I had followed many, many years ago. But my gut is no longer in tip top shape, doctor. Uh, I eliminated coffee when I was on that diet. I eliminated coffee. I eliminated alcohol. I followed a food combining diet where I ate very, very, very clean. It wasn't very fun. I'm not going to lie. I was I was not allowed any junk or processed foods, no sugars, lots of whole grains, lean proteins, fruits, veggies, nuts, seeds, no dairy, uh, couldn't eat carbs with proteins together. Fruit was eaten alone and in the morning. I took digestive enzymes, probiotics with every meal. I mean, I lost a ton of weight. I, I, I really did, and I didn't keep it going on. That's for sure. Like I think I and I bet you felt diet. good too. I did. Um, I followed this diet for about three months, and I think I was good for a couple of years. But once I started going back to my regular eating and drinking habits, the heartburn came back. Sure. And now I have to take a daily antacid, like many of you listeners, and I want to get off of it and hopefully with your help. So yeah. what do you think? Um, can maybe you walk me through some dietary changes that you recommend for healing a leaky gut? Yep. So uh, the, the digestive tract is actually a really big, long process. It starts in your mouth and it goes through the esophagus. That's what burns when you have heartburn is it's that acids getting up into the esophagus. Then you go down to the stomach, then you go to the small intestine, then you go to the large intestine, then the rectum, and then you're, you're eliminating your your stools like you're supposed to. So uh, a couple different things that we're looking at here. I'm going to give you guys, write these things down. I'm going to give you some tips because so many of you are having indigestion, heartburn, reflux, GERD, hiatal hernia, whatever you want to call it. Here are four things that you can do right now to get rid of this. And, and it's phenomenal. And, and here's my deal. If you do not, if you do this for seven days straight, a hundred percent in, and you are not feeling significantly better, reach out to me. I'll give you uh, my two my two books free. I've, I've uh, done this offer for years and I've never had to give out, give out a free book because it works. So here's the deal. First I'm going to lie just so I can get your books. <laughs> I am, well, uh, if, if just you ask kidding. nicely, I might send them over. <laughs> so, uh, so here's the, the four things is, uh, just like you were talking about food combining, we've we've talked about proper food combining for over 20 years and proper food combining. Keep it simple. OK, proteins and starches at separate meals. So that means all of the traditional fare of turkey sandwich, hamburger on a bun. Uh, you're going to have toast and eggs, any type of spaghetti and meatballs or Mexican food. All these different things are going to combine inappropriately. So you're combining your starches, which would be like a grain, a bread, a tortilla, things like that, and your protein, your animal protein. If you do that, neither one digests well. They both sit in the stomach too long, and they start causing this regurgitation, and it starts to push up on that sphincter. Here's one little tip. As we age and as we're under stress, anybody anybody doing that around here, aging or stressing? Uh, yes, over here. Yeah, uh, so. Unfortunately, we're, mm. we do both most days. So as you age and as you're under stress, you actually produce too little 
stomach acid. So acid reflux is not for 99% of the population is not from over acid production. That's actually physiologically impossible for the vast majority of people. So okay, it's actually, but, but conventional doctors will tell you the opposite. They'll tell yep. you that you produce way too much acid. Yep. And, and and I think most of them have forgotten their their physiology because that is not possible. It what is possible is that your valve that's supposed to keep that acid in the stomach does not close appropriately, and then it comes back up into your esophagus and you get this reflux. So on that thought process, if we know that you already don't have enough stomach acid, number two tip is to not drink fluids with your meals. So no water, no tea, no, uh, no wine, no beer, uh, anything. You can have a couple sips, but no fluids with your meals if you have reflux and digestion heartburn, because that's going to dilute your stomach acid. A lot of people are, are drinking a bunch during their meal and they uh, then don't make enough stomach acid. So they're getting reflux. Uh, number three is you're going to chew your food 30 or 40 times per bite. So every bite you take, you're going to chew it 30 or 40 times. And then the last one is you're going to eat in a relaxed environment. Close your laptop. Uh, don't be running around the kitchen making a meal for the kids. Don't be watching the nightly news and stressing about the latest and greatest drama and trauma that they want you to get get worried about sit down relax look out at the at the clouds do whatever you need to do to relax and get into that good space so that you can digest optimally and that's it how about eliminating coffee and alcohol can we continue <laughs> drinking coffee and alcohol is this what you uh, suggest for me as well because i think with me you're going to we're doing a whole entire blood work panel and such Yes. Yes. So we'll be looking at the liver. We'll be looking at a lot of different systems for a lot of people. Yes. Coffee does cause more of that regurgitation and you definitely shouldn't be drinking coffee uh, with, with a meal because that's going to dilute that stomach acid as well. And then if you do get heartburn when you just drink coffee by itself, well then guess what? Get rid of it. If, uh, if you're drinking alcohol with a meal, you should not be doing that. You're diluting the stomach acid. You know what? We're going to take a quick break again. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation and give you more tips for a healthier gut. We'll be back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationships show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellotta, getting back to my chat on gut health with Dr. Ben Galeart. Right, we were uh, talking about leaky gut. That's what we've been talking about Well, in the last segment. We've been talking about healing your gut and how important it is and how to support a partner going through lifestyle changes and all of that. Now, what do you think had caused my leaky gut? Because I really want to be able to help the people at home because I know that so many people have stomach issues. And they don't yep. know what's wrong with them. Uh, hey, listen, it, stress also contributes to health issues. But if you have chronic heartburn and your stomach's always upset and like you've got a lot of gas and bloating and there's probably something going on inside. So what do you think caused my leaky gut, doctor? Um, yep. Let's start with that. 
Definitely. So when we look at the basics for what is contributing to leaky gut, it can be things like having a chronic antibiotic use. If you've had more than probably half a dozen doses of antibiotics in your life, your gut will never be the same. Your microbiome will never be the same. If you are under chronic stress or a major one-time stressor, that can seriously affect your intestinal lining and your gut. If you are taking NSAIDs, these are non-steroid anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, aspirin, Tylenol, uh, Advil. One, one, just think about this, one aspirin, you're gonna lose a cc of blood, a cubic centimeter of blood every time you take an aspirin out of your digestive tract, you're gonna lose a, a one cc of blood. So we know that those drugs irritate the gut pretty significantly. Uh, there are uh, food allergens that are gonna to contribute to this. There are pathogens. If you've had candida, if you've had bad bacteria in your gut, that's gonna to contribute to leaky gut. So do, do you know that you have leaky gut? Well, Laura, for you, we're gonna run blood work and we're going to look specifically at some markers that are going to tell us about that. We're gonna look at specific symptoms of people that have leaky gut. So here's who I can tell us. 100% for sure they've got leaky gut. If you've got an autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's, lupus, alopecia, where your hair's coming out, any of these autoimmune conditions, you've got some type of leaky gut and you've got to dig in and figure that out. Uh, if you're having brain fog, that could be a sign of leaky gut. Oh, if you're in, I got leaky gut. <laughs> if, you're in, if you're inflamed, if you're like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, I, I can change five or 10 pounds over, over a couple days. A lot of times you've got leaky gut. So it doesn't have to be a digestion symptom to be dealing with intestinal permeability or leaky gut. It can drive this immune inflammatory cascade. Again, like I was saying earlier, if you have a skin issue, eczema, psoriasis, acne, any type of rashes, itchy bumps, any of that stuff, look to the gut first. So those are all things that can drive leaky gut. So we'll be looking for that, looking for any, any factors that could be contributing, Laura, to your leaky gut. And then from there, we're gonna go into how can we actually Actually fix this because we don't want to just say, Hey, take a probiotic and you might feel a little bit better. That yeah, is, and, and you know, I just want to say uh, it's just quickly because yeah. I, I just want to get off my antacid meds because my doctor told me at several times that uh, my stum stomach issues are incurable pretty much. Like he says, well, you have GERDs, they're incurable. And I said, well, how do I get better? He says, well, you just have to take this antacid. I said, for the rest of my life, He's like, pretty much. So, I thought, no, so, that is not a good enough answer for me. Like, no. I don't, I don't, I just, no. And, and are you actually better at that point? It's suppressing the symptoms. But if, if you stop taking whatever it is and it comes back, you fix Horrible. nothing. You I, I did. I stopped taking my pill for, I think I stopped it for a day and, or I took it at the wrong time. If I don't take it in the morning, I'm doomed. I think I took it at, in the evening. I had horrible heartburn and yep. I, and I'm thinking I need to get off this pill. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show today is for you to be able to help me. And if, if there's any chance of you helping anybody else who's listening, I mean, Hey, that's amazing. Um, and so- and and here's I'll, I'll the, let you continue. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, here, here's here's the issue is that it's not just this 
purple pill and you're like, oh, great. Now I don't have reflux. You're decreasing your stomach acid, which is already problematic in the first place. And here, here's what really gets affected. The top three things that are best digested in a more acidic environment, we're talking about protein. Protein turns into muscle. So if you're working out, if you're trying to trying to uh, get fit, look lean, have those uh, guns out, you know, the sun's out, guns out, um, you, you've got to be digesting your protein. But if you're taking an antacid, you're not going to be breaking it down as well. Number two is calcium. And you need this proper stomach acid to break down your calcium. So if you're dealing with uh, low bone density, osteoporosis, pre-osteoporosis, you've got to make sure you have enough stomach acid. And if you're taking an antacid, that's going to be driving it. And then the last one is ferritin. So your iron, your stored iron, if you have a low iron, if you're anemic, you are not absorbing your iron like you need to. And a big part of that is because of this antacid, because you do not have enough stomach acid. So these things have to change. And so Laura, for you, we are going to sit down. We're going to go over that blood work. We're going to go line by line, tell you exactly what you need to do, help you make these changes. And then you're going to report back to your listeners and let them know what they can do. And this is what we do with patients every day, whether you're in the United States, whether you're in Canada, we can truly get to the root cause myself or any of my doctors at f8wellcenters.com is our website and check us out on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, 800 videos on YouTube. You can you can scroll through and watch. Uh, the education is out there. You can get better. There is hope to feel optimal to take life by the by the horns and really go for it and live your best life yet. Well, that's it for our show today. Dr. Galiart will be helping me find the root cause of my gut issue and help me heal naturally. I'm so excited for it. You can also uh, get help from him as well. You can reach out to him at f8wellcenters.com. He will also be returning to our show to share updates on his findings with me. I'll also be hosting some lives on my Instagram and TikTok, tracking my progress. That's official Laura Bellotta for Instagram and for TikTok. And Dr. Giliar, you're a big shot on TikTok. <laughs> What's your account? It is uh, just simply Dr. Ben Galliard, D-R-B-E-N, and then my last name, G-A-L-Y-A-R-D-T. So Dr. Ben Galliard, and uh, yeah, we would love, love to see you on there. Go live all the time, have tons of videos, and just want to educate you as much as we can. Uh, so make sure to follow us there, and thank you guys for tuning in this week. See you next week. Ciao for now.